faces. I get excited when I see new faces. And God has been adding to his church over the last few weeks. I get excited when God starts adding to his church. 
Harvest time is exciting. Revival is exciting. And so I'm thankful for what the Lord's about to do. Psalms 38, 4. Thank you to our worship team as always for the anointed singing and playing. Psalms 38.4 says, I am drowning in the flood of my sins. They are a burden too heavy to bear. Psalms 38 verses 4 through 9, the Passion Translation says, I'm overwhelmed, swamped, and submerged beneath the heavy burden of my guilt. It clings to me and won't let me go. My rotting wounds are a witness against me. They are severe and getting worse, reminding me of my failure and folly. I am completely broken because of what I've done. Gloom is all around me. My sins have bent me over to the ground. My inner being is shriveled up. My self-confidence crushed. Sick with fever, I'm left exhausted. Now I'm as cold as a corpse, and nothing is left inside me but great groaning filled with anguish. Lord, you know all my desires and deepest longings. My tears are liquid words, and you can read them all. We are all born into sin. The Bible declares this truth. I was born into sin, and you were born into sin. And as our life goes on, the sins, the acts of sins that we commit begins to add up. And it begins to weigh us down. Sin overwhelms us like a flood. It, it absolutely just overwhelms us today. You don't have to raise your hand, but... Perhaps there may be somebody here this morning that feels overwhelmed by sin. Sin breaks us down. It crushes us. We go through life under the heavy weight, bent over. We go through life wounded. Our, our soul crying out. We are like walking dead men with our insides just eaten up, sin like a cancer. And today you may feel like you are where the psalmist was. You may feel like you can relate to those verses that we just read. And today you may be filled with regret. Shame may be suffocating you because with sin comes shame. And shame may be suffocating you, choking the life out of you. Perhaps today you are smiling and yet contemplating suicide all at the same time. 
Or maybe there are some days where you feel like, hey, life isn't so bad. And yet there are many nights where you lay awake and you wonder, can things get better? Can things change in my life? If sin is killing you today, if it has damaged your heart and your minds and your soul, there is an answer. And Jesus Christ is that answer. Psalms 147.3 says he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. I don't know if Jesus can heal my heart. It's pretty shattered. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. And today Jesus can change your life. He can change it through repentance. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus will forgive you of your sin this morning if you will confess your sins. If you will repent and turn to him, he stands ready to do a work in your life. Your life can be changed through water baptism. First Peter 3, 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus wash away your sins this morning. Let him take away that guilt and that shame. If you are drowning today in your sin, let Jesus drown your sin in the waters of baptism. It feels good to be clean in the natural. There's nothing like after a long day's work, just being able to to feel that cleanness that comes. But there's nothing like when you are spiritually cleansed. There's nothing like when Jesus remits your sins and he washes it away. Hebrews 9, 12 through 14, neither by the blood of goats and calves. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The blood of Jesus is powerful, and it can make you white as snow this morning. Let God erase the record of sin in your life. Let him cancel the penalty of that sin. Let him bury forever the things that have haunted you, those things that you walked in here that nobody knows about, the things that you have never told anybody the regrets and the mistakes and the disappointments that you carry deep 
within you, the, the ones that you hope nobody ever finds out about. I want to tell you today that they can be buried forever, that as far as the east is from the west, I want to tell you that Jesus can take that stuff that you're holding on the inside, and he already knows what it is. Jesus is drawing you knowing what's on the inside of you. So don't say, well, if Jesus really knew what I've done and where I've come from, he wouldn't want me. Yes, he knows exactly where you've come from and what you've done. And he's reaching for you today saying, let me bury it forever and let me make you a new creature. Don't let Satan steal your salvation. Don't let him cause you to live in unbelief. And don't be afraid of repentance and baptism this morning. The enemy loves to try to convince people that a man of God like this is just trying to trick you. That this gospel that we are preaching this morning somehow is going to work against you. He, he is very sly. He'll try to tell you that, that it's not what you think it is, that it doesn't have your best interests at heart, just like he told Eve. He tried to convince her that separation was not for her good. And they had everything, but they had it taken because he calls them to be confused. I want to tell you today that salvation is amazing I want to tell you that it's beautiful. I want to tell you that it's just going to separate you from torment. It's going to separate you from emptiness. It's going to separate you from brokenness. It will separate you unto God where your mind can be filled with peace and your heart can be whole. Today, it's the most beautiful thing. There's nothing like repentance. There's nothing like water baptism. There's nothing like the unfilling of the Holy Ghost. You're in the right place. Romans 5, 3 through 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn to be patient, and patience develops strength of character in us. It helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Then when that happens, we are able to hold our heads high. God wants somebody to walk out of here today with your head held high. You've walked around with your head hanging down for the last time. You, you've walked around with that weight of sin, that weight of shame weighing on you for the last time. Today, you're going to receive forgiveness. Today, the guilt is going to be erased and you're going to walk out with your head held high. We are able to hold our heads high no matter what happens. And know that all is well, for we know how dearly God loves us. And we feel this warm love everywhere within us. Because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You can hear a million messages on the love of God. You can talk about the love of God. 
You can read about the love of God, but when he fills you with his spirit, when you speak in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance and he begins to fill you, there is nothing like that. When he fills you, you will know for yourself that the love of God is the greatest love. You will know for yourself that it will keep you, that it will carry you, that it is everything that you need. I am thankful for the love of God this morning. It's greater than your mama's love. Anybody know that the love of God is greater than your mama's love? Anybody know it's greater than Bay's love? There's no love like the love of God. And you can't truly know it until you let him baptize you with it. Until you let him fill every part of your mortal being. I'm thankful. Maybe Satan is trying to convince you because even while I am preaching, I'm sure he's talking. We kind of laugh about that, that image of the devil being on one shoulder and God being on the other and them both talking to you. And that's what's really happening, though. God is talking to you today and the enemy's also going to be talking to you. He's going to be trying to convince you not to listen to this, not to believe this, that it's too good to be true. And so today, if you're thinking, well, okay, maybe I'm in the right place. I do feel the presence of God. I know that this is real. And I do, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if it's the right time. Might be the right place. I don't know if it's the right time. You know, maybe you're saying, well, I, I, I'm new. This, this is my first service. I've never been here before. I've never heard this preached before. Maybe you're saying, well, I, I need to go and do some research. I need to take a little bit of time. And, and I need to kind of work my way. This is just all new. I want to tell you today that it's the right time. I want to tell you today if it's your first service and this is the first time you've ever heard about salvation, it's the right time for you to respond. It's the right time for you to receive what God has for you. And all you've got to do is obey what the Lord is saying to you this morning. And you, you can receive everything that he has for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it is the right time. So let's talk about why it's the right time. Let me show you. There was an Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 that we find that Philip comes alongside. That eunuch was reading about Christ. He didn't understand what he was reading. He was clueless. And Philip showed up. He hopped in the chariot with him. And he began to explain to him what he was reading. Amen. He began to teach him who Christ was. And that Christ had come so that he might receive salvation. And he began to show him that he could have his sins washed away. Just like I'm doing this morning. He was talking to the eunuch. And as they are riding along, they come upon a body of water. And the eunuch, after just one Bible study, just one conversation, 
looks at Philip and says, what would stop me from being baptized right now? And Philip responded and said, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you believe that he is the one that can save you? Essentially saying, do you believe that you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus? And he said, I believe. I I believe what you have told me. And he said, all right, that's all you need. That's all you need to have your sins washed away is to simply believe what I have told you. And so Philip baptized that man and every sin was washed away. And that man went away rejoicing having been freed from the guilt that was sitting on him and having been baptized with the joy of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the right time. One Bible study. Don't let the devil convince you today to delay. The devil's the king of delay. But I believe we're going to defeat delay in this place today. I'm coming after... The enemy that would try to stop somebody from responding. By the time we get to the end of this word, you're going to respond. Somebody's going to reach out and take hold of what God has for you. Let's look at another example. Let's look at Cornelius, a man that feared God. In Acts chapter 10, we find where Peter came to him and he began to preach to him about salvation. He began to tell him what he needed to do to receive what God had for him. And while he was preaching, Cornelius and all of his house responded. It was their very first service. The very first sermon that they were hearing preach and they responded. And God filled them all with his spirit. And they were all baptized in the name of Jesus And their sins were washed away. You don't need to have the Bible memorized today to receive salvation. You don't need to have been to ten services to receive salvation. You don't need to pray a certain amount of prayers to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning. And to have your all you've got to do is respond to the power of God like Cornelius in his house that is in this room today. All you've got to do is open up your heart and say, I believe that this is real and I want it. And God will move on you right now. This is the right place and this is the right time. Clap your hands if you believe it. It's the right time. It's not like the car wash. I go to a car wash on Eastern Boulevard, and if you go, I think it's 10 times, they give you a free car wash. God's grace is free like free. You don't have to come 10 times before he says you can have my free grace. It's free. It's available right now. All you've got to do is just believe. All you've got to do is just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I recognize that. I need you to forgive me. I need you to take this sinful nature away from me. I want you to be my Savior. It's that easy. Maybe somebody's saying, okay, okay. I hear you, but those guys didn't seem like they were such bad guys. 
They seemed like maybe they were a little bit deserving. I mean, the eunuch was at least reading scripture. I don't even own a Bible. He, he was a little bit closer to receiving what God had than I am. Cornelius was a man that, that feared God. You, you don't know me. I, I'm a bad dude. And I've been doing some bad things. I just don't know if it can happen for me that quickly. So let's continue to convince you that it's the right time. Ephesians 2.8, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of ourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving. But it is the gift of God. It does not come through your own striving. You don't get good to get God. I know it's cliche, but you don't get good to get God. All of us were a million miles away. There's only one pit of sin, and we were all born into it. Sin is sin. If he pulled me out... He can pull you out. If he did it for me in a moment, he can do it for you in a moment. If you'll have faith. If you'll have faith. You've just got to believe that he can do it. You've got to believe. That's all you have to do is believe. That he can take the sin away. It doesn't matter how much sin that you believe that you have in your life. It doesn't matter if you feel like that, that it's, just, it's just too much, I just don't think it can happen that easily. You ever, you ever had a shirt that had a stain on it, and you took it to somebody, and you said, do you think this is going to come out? Or maybe you pondered to yourself, I wonder if this stain is going to come out. Anybody ever been in that place? Well, I want to tell you today, I don't need to see your spiritual shirt I don't need to see the stains of sin. The answer is yes, the stain will come out. The answer is yes, he can make that shirt white as snow. The answer is yes, he can wash away all of your sins. Every last one of them, the answer is yes, only one time in the waters of baptism. And you will be completely cleansed we're heading somewhere Romans 5 8 tells us that he died for us while we were yet sinners while you were still a sinner Christ died for you he's been waiting on you he's been waiting on you to open up your heart to him and let him show you how much he wants to bless you He's been waiting on you to say, okay, God, I believe and I want to see you do what only you can do. And maybe you're saying, okay, I, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to believe, but I need some biblical examples of some bad guys. I need some biblical examples. I need you to show me some people that I feel like maybe I can relate to or maybe were even worse than me. I'm glad you asked. Acts 7, 
57 through 60. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So they're stoning him and he's calling upon God and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So there's a man by the name of Saul. He is consenting unto the stoning of a man of God. He's right there with it. He's in agreement of what is happening. Turn to your neighbor and say, he was a bad dude. Acts 9, 17 through 18, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forwith and arose and was baptized. Acts twenty two sixteen. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22 is Paul giving the account of his conversion that we read about in Acts 9. He's filling in some more details. And Ananias responds to him and says, why tarry? Why wait? Now is the time. It's the right time for you to have your sins washed away. This, this is a man that had been persecuting God's people. And it had only been three days. He had been blinded on the road to Damascus. And for three days he is blind. And Ananias shows up. It's been three days. And he has every sin washed away. The enemy's going to tell you to tarry. The enemy's going to tell you to wait. The enemy's going to tell you that it's not time for you yet. The enemy's going to tell you that, that God is going to need a little bit of time if he's going to forgive you. And he's going to wash away your sins. But if you'll just believe that Jesus died for your sins... If you'll just believe that you have sin and it needs to be washed away, it is the right time for you to make your way to a baptismal tank and put on some baptismal clothes and have every sin washed away in your life. You're not going to feel more deserving next Sunday. You're not going to feel more deserving next month because we can never be deserving of the grace of God, but it's simply by faith. It's by faith today you are going to feel as deserving as you're ever going to feel, which is not as all, not at all. So respond today and let God do the work in your life. It's faith. It's faith. Maybe you're saying, okay, that's Paul. He's a unique case. I need another example. I got you. <laughs> Acts 16, there's a jailer who had beaten Paul and Silas. He had beaten men of God. They were in jail because they had been preaching the gospel. And this enforcer had beat them. 
And at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to have church. And there begin to be a shaking. And their natural chains begin to fall off. And it begin to fall off of their neighbors. And the jailer runs in and he's panicked. He thinks that Paul and Silas and all the prisoners have escaped. And he's about to kill himself. Because he knows that their escape probably means his end. There was a great responsibility for him not to allow them to get out. And just as he's about to kill himself, they shout out and they stop him and they tell him, we are all still here. And he is convicted and he is moved and he realizes that these men are true, that their God is real. I don't know what kind of conversations they may have had with him prior. I'm sure they were preaching to him while he was beating them. I'm sure that... They had talked to him about Jesus, but he responds and says, what must I do to be saved? And that night, that same night, he was baptized and his sin was washed away. And those in his house had their sins washed away. So here he is the same night. Paul, it had at least been three days. This man had been beating Men of God, and the same night, God washed away his sins and salvation came to his house. So maybe this morning you're saying, you don't know what I did this morning. I committed an act of sin on the way to church. I was horrible to my spouse. I was mean to the kids. I stole something this morning. You don't know what I was up to yesterday. I was drunk. I did drugs. I committed fornication this morning. I committed adultery this morning. Yeah, there was a woman in the Bible that did that too. She committed adultery right before she came before Jesus. And guess what happened? He forgave her. So I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done this morning. I don't care if you walked in here having just committed some grave act. I don't care if it's so heinous that you don't even want to mention it. It's the right time for you to receive forgiveness. It's the right time for Jesus to wash away those sins. So I wish you would let some faith begin to rise in you right now. I win because you've got a measure of faith and I'm reaching for it right now. I'm reaching beyond the unbelief. I'm reaching beyond the shame. I'm reaching beyond the weight of sin. I'm reaching beyond the hardened heart. I'm reaching beyond the wall. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm trying to find that faith to believe that Jesus died for your sins, that he wants to cleanse you and make you whole, that he wants to give you peace of mind and joy divine. That he wants to fill you with an everlasting love. That there's nothing like it. I want to tell you, you don't have to take a ticket today. I don't. I want to tell you, you don't have to get in line. I want to tell you, there's not a better candidate for salvation than you. There's not somebody that's ahead of you in the pecking order. If you want it, you can have it. I want to tell you that you're in the right place and it's the right time. And I want to tell you, there's not a certain amount of people that God can forgive today. There's not a certain amount of people that he can wash away their sins. There's not a certain amount of people that can receive 
the gift of the Holy Ghost today, it's for whosoever will. He can wash away every sin in this place. He can forgive every sin in this place. He can fill every soul with his spirit in this place today if you'll only believe. I wish you would stand right now. Come on, I believe that somebody is about to find forgiveness. Somebody is about to feel that weight of sin begin to come off of you. I believe that somebody is going to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I believe that somebody's going to be restored. If you've been baptized, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and you've gotten away from God, guess what? All you've got to do is repent. All you've got to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I have been sinning. I have been going against what I know. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And there's a fresh cleansing that's about to come to you. There's a fresh washing away that's about to come to you. There's a fresh baptism of love. I'm telling you, there's a prodigal that God's wanting to show you that he still loves you. That he still has a plan for your life. That he still wants to take you to places that you could never dream before. I wish you would just begin to lift your heart to the Lord right now. Come on, all across the house. If you know how to pray, would you help me pray? We're going to come down to the altar in just a minute, but I wish you would close your eyes. And I wish you would begin to pray right now. I wish somebody would begin to give your sin to Jesus. I wish somebody would begin to say, Lord, I want what that preacher's talking about. I want to be free from the guilt. I want to be free from the condemnation. Lord, I'm tired of being broken. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of the torment. I'm tired of the vexation. I'm tired of the sleepless nights. I'm tired of the addiction. It don't matter how addicted you are, God can set you free in a moment. I don't care how long you've been addicted to drugs. I don't care how long you've been an alcoholic. I don't care how long you've been abusive. If you've abused people, God wants to forgive you. If you've been abused, God wants to heal your wounds. I don't care if you've carried wounds because you were molested or raped as a young child, and maybe it's been 20 or 30 years. It's the right time for you to be healed right now in a moment. Lord, I pray that every heart would receive what you have for them right now. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us, God. We give it to you. We're not holding on to it. We give you our fear. We give you our anxiety. We give you our hopelessness. Come on, right now, would you begin to give it to him? Would you open up your mouth? And would you say, God, I don't want to live in fear any longer. God, I don't want to be depressed another day. God, I don't want to be gripped with anxiety another moment. Would you give him your broken marriage? Would you give him your broken relationship? Would you give him your broken family? Your family may be a broken mess, but God wants to put it back together this morning. It's the right time. You're in the right place. Come on, somebody give him your shame. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're ready for God to baptize you with peace and joy, if you're ready for God to liberate you, I want you to start making your way down to this altar. When you get down here, I want you to just lift your hands and surrender to God. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I receive what you have. And the Lord is about to change your life. You're about to see the evidence that you're in the right place. And it's the right time.
Come on, don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about if they don't want it. Don't worry about if they want to stay where they're at. Is there somebody that says, I don't want to stay the same way that I am? Is there somebody that says, I want something more? Come on, there's somebody that wants God to bless your life. Don't walk out of here without what God has.